Today on the podcast, I'm joined by my Syracuse.com colleagues, Donna DeTota and Brent Axe, for a discussion on Jim Beheim's retirement, how it went down, and the transition to new head coach Adrian Autry. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And if you're watching us on the uh, YouTube or Syracuse.com stream, you're going to notice a little something different today. Uh, instead of a former Syracuse basketball player or somebody else to talk uh, Syracuse hoops, uh, you're going to see two of my Syracuse.com colleagues, uh, Donna Totota and Brent Axe, are both here today. Um, and we thought we were going to talk a little bit about the goings-ons over this past week, uh, starting last Wednesday in Greensboro at the ACC tournament, uh, when we had a very interesting post-game press conference with Jim Beheim. Um, we're going to go through the whole thing, but to kind of facilitate the conversation, we brought Brent Dax in. Um, he's used to hosting these things, and so he's going to ask some questions of myself and Donna. So with that, Brent, I'm going to just hand things over to you. Ah, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. I feel like the master of ceremonies at a roast or something here. This is fantastic. Uh, guys, it's been an amazing week. And as much as we have written and talked about Jim Beheim's retirement for years, Donna, I want to start with you. What's it like in these early days now that the dog caught the car and we're finally here? We're, we're in these, these days that have been talked about so long. Yeah, you know, it's a, it was a stressful period the last week or so of the season because I think Mike and I both had an idea that Jim was going to retire and we wondered if he was going to do it at uh, the last game against Wake Forest and we're sort of panicking that he would do it then <laughs> because, uh, you know, we weren't entirely prepared. We were sort of prepared but not entirely prepared. And then by the time the ACC tournament came around, I think we all had a decent idea that it was going to happen. But I think the way it happened, like nobody had the idea it was going to happen like that. So uh, and, and, and the good thing for us was in a span of about five hours, Jim was retired, Adrian Autry was the new head coach, and a lot of things had been settled instead of sort of protracting the period uh, whereby they would, you know, discuss how they were going to get a coach, who they were going get, to get a coach from. There was a there was a very, very quick transition to the new coach. And I think that was that was really great, too. Mike, I think the transition, even as we talk here, Maybe it's starting to settle in a little bit. Adrian Autry's brought in his first uh, player uh, out of the portal, J.J. Starling, of course, a familiar name here uh, from Baldwinsville and a player that he recruited as a coach and just all the familiarity of, of Coach Autry anyway in this situation. But uh, kind of the same thing I asked Donna in these in these early days post-Jim Beheim. I mean, his shadow will always be lingering around, no doubt about it. But what's it been like in these early days for you covering this? Well, like Donna said, it, it's been kind of crazy uh, this whole season, and especially as we got closer to the end of the regular season, uh, kind of having a feeling that this was going to be Jim's last year. And we had these momentous occasions coming up where, oh, he could do it on Friday night before the Wake Forest game when he's got all the 2003 guys there with him up for a watch party. He could, he could do it on Saturday during or after the game. He could do it on Sunday at the Hardwood Club dinner. I mean, the – the beat writer paranoia was, was real. <laughs> um, yeah. But I agree with Donna, the, 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 how it just came down on Wednesday. And we went from the awkward press conference sort of knowing, okay, I think Jim just announced his retirement. And then a few hours later getting the official word and, and bringing Adrian in, you know, again, I think towards the end of the week, everything really started to settle. Um, Wednesday wasn't great. I didn't think for the university wasn't a great look, but by, but Friday sort of salvaged it. 
Uh, Friday was a was a much better look, and you got Adrian involved. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Adrian Autry and his assistants wasted no time at all right. out on the road the very next day down in Philadelphia to watch a recruit. Stayed on the road on Sunday. Go went to New York, watched another recruit, Elijah Moore at Cardinal Hayes, and uh, you know they pick up JJ Starling. And weather permitting, they're going to go back to Philadelphia uh, to watch yet another recruit on Tuesday night. So I think it's really important. I think Adrian Autry realizes the importance that as the new head coach, he's got to get out and be seen. Don, I want to go back to you. That press conference on Wednesday after the loss to Wake Forest, I mean, that will be remembered forever. And the Friday press conference certainly smoothed things over a little bit here. But take me in that room, take me in that situation and, and the interaction with Jim and, you know, <laughs> the, the questions were amazing. The interaction was amazing. I guess Jim, right to the end, you know, had his own reasons to resist even saying the word retirement. But what was that like for you? Well, I mean, it, it seemed like a pretty obvious question to ask, right? It was the last game of the year in a, in a situation where, you know, he's 78. He has said that the end is coming. And that's the time to ask, you know, the season's over with. And so I not asked the initial question, that very question, you know, I think everybody's going to be curious now that the season is over, what your plans are. And he had a very, very long answer to which I was like, I'm not exactly sure what he just said. Uh, and so then the mic was handed to somebody else and they asked some other kind of question that had nothing to like, did not ask a follow. So um, I just was like, hey, like, could you maybe walk that mic back over here? Because I like have a couple of other questions. And that's how that exchange happened. And I still don't, uh, I, I think the question I should have asked specifically, now that I look back at it, is are you retiring from coaching? I kept saying, are you going to retire? You haven't said you're going to retire, then what will you do, et cetera. But I think had I been a little more specific, I may have gotten a little bit better of an answer. Um, but, you know, it was good that he engaged and he, he said something, right? He sure did. And I don't know if you guys are good at puzzles. I am not. <laughs> but when Jim said, you know, I said it on Saturday. What, you guys didn't pick up on that? It's like, no, actually, I didn't pick up on that. I, I didn't read the Da Vinci Code. So I, I didn't really put all the pieces together there. But looking back on it, Mike, was there something we missed Saturday uh, the Saturday game where they ended the regular season against Wake Forest. I mean, he certainly was reflective, but uh, that was the mood, right? The 2003 team, the celebration. I didn't know that we were supposed to, you know, uh, put together a puzzle in that situation. No, this is revisionist history uh, <laughs> on the part of Jim Beheim. I firmly believe that. I mean, maybe in the back of his mind, he thought this might be, you know, the last time I'm out here with a microphone, maybe in, Although John Wildhack on Friday said that they'll celebrate him. So I would imagine at some game next year, there's Jim Bayheim Day. But um, he didn't retire on Saturday at Wake, against Wake Forest in the Dome. No. You know, I've gone back and listened to it again. I'm, I think Donna has too. We were talking the other day. I mean, it was like you said, it was reflective. It was, um, it was reflective of the moment. I mean, Jerry McNamara, after the game, got on the mic and also had a very heartfelt message. He didn't retire. Um, I think that was just something convenient for Jim to say about four or five days later, when I think he was still wanting to have a little bit of fun at our expense. You know, like, hey, you know, you missed it. No, we didn't miss anything. 
They stumbled. I, I, I do think there was one one moment during that post game that struck me uh, when he talked about um, that he had made promises to those six freshmen. He had said it before, but for some reason, when he said it that day, I kind of looked at you, Mike. You were at the other side of the room, and I, it, it just struck me because I, I had I had talked to the family of William Patterson, and I knew that he didn't make that same commitment to William Patterson, who's coming here in the class of 2023. So um, that that was the only thing that sort of struck me. But he had, he had said that uh, around previous weeks. He, he, you know, so he just sort of reiterated something that he had said previously. So that was the only thing from that press conference that I got like, oh, OK, that's interesting. Yeah, because even earlier in the year, I forget which game it was. We were at least 12, 14 games in and, you know, they were they were just doing OK. It might have been after a home loss to somebody, and, and he went into that whole, well, we knew when we brought in these six freshmen, my whole goal for this year was to coach these guys. You know, I'm like, so yeah, that the post-game press conference after Wake Forest at the Dome, really, to me, was he was just kind of ringing the same bell tone. And, but it was kind of like what you said at the very beginning, Donna. You and I had been having suspicions all season long that this did feel different than other years when people would speculate about when Jim would retire. This year, yeah. there was several times when it just felt a little different that, yes, this might be it. So they stumbled to get there after Wednesday, but what are your reflections about that Friday press conference and what was said and who was there and, and the mood of everything? It was similarly reminiscent to how Felicia Leggett Jack was introduced. It was like pretty much the same stage and everything, but Take me back to that that Friday press conference, and it just felt like a, a big a big smooth over uh, makeup call, for lack of a better term. Donna, yeah, you know, I, it was a, a much happier, much more embracing uh, of Jim and of Adrian. I mean, I think it would have been sort of awkward had Jim not been there. They had to have he had to be there. I mean, uh, not not to mention that he had you know, recruited Adrian. He had been his longtime assistant. And, you know, you just have to, he just had to be there to just sort of pass the torch in a way. But I thought it was, you know, I thought Jim was really good. Jim was, when Jim is good, he's really good. And he was uh, great, I thought, that day. And the, the things he said about Adrian, the things he said about himself, you know, uh, he was funny. He was charismatic. You know, he was good Jim. And uh, when he's good, he's really good. And I thought Adrian like that was a, a home run. Yeah. His, the way he spoke and, and the questions that he answered, um, you know, he's looking directly at his players when he had made a couple of remarks about, you know, we want to be great next year. Or, you know, we hope they all come back, whatever he said, I can't remember specifically, but I thought he was really good. I mean, it was just a very nice uh, way to sort of tie a bow on what had been kind of an interesting, odd week. Yeah, especially after on Wednesday when he kept repeating that, you know, are you retired? It's up to university. Are you saying you're you're done retiring? I just said it. I don't know. You're talking to the wrong guy. You know, he would never say the word retired. And, you know, he didn't pass it along to Adrian then. When he didn't have quotes in the university's release on Wednesday, it really seemed like, okay, our, our post-coaching career negotiations going to get in the way of you know, the, the changeover here. Um, it was, so I think in that game, people were wondering and watching to see that if he showed up and he didn't, he not only showed up, which was a big deal, but like Donna said, he hit all the right notes in his comments, um, you know, talking about his career and what Syracuse meant to him in the university and, and talking about red. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's hard to wrap up 47 years in 11 minutes and two seconds, right? right? But he did as good a job as you could. And my favorite part was the shout out for Mike Waters and Donna DeTota. Well-deserved for for you two in that speech. That was great. So we're in the Adrian Autry era, the early days. favorite part because we don't like to be out there. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is the best way you can describe how Adrian Autry is going to not only coach, but run this program. I mean, we've certainly seen it come and maybe there was a thought that Jerry could have been the choice, but it felt like Adrian Autry all the way, especially with the associate head coach title. Adrian Autry is a head coach. What's, what's your best read? And Mike, I'll start with you about how he's going to run this program now that he has that title next to his name. You know, a lot of folks who have been watching Adrian Autry over the past 10 or so, 11 years on the bench, you know, I've seen a guy, he's not always up. He's, you know, of course, the assistant coaches rarely, it's always the head coach who's flailing his arms and yelling at referees and everything. But Adrian's got a real kind of intensity to him. Uh, the old phrase, still waters run deep, I think applies to Adrian. Um, he connects with players. He's really good at establishing relationships, not just with players, but with you know, high school and AAU coaches. I don't know anybody who doesn't like him. Right. And that's a tightrope to walk when you're out there on the recruiting trail and you're picking a guy from, a, you know, somebody's rival high school one year and then coming back to them the next or, you know, a couple AAU programs who butt heads for local players and you've got to navigate that whole terrain. I think he does a great job at that. So, um I don't want to say he's going to be a player's coach because you got to be careful as that as a head coach. It's a new dynamic now. Um, The players can't come to your office for that shoulder to cry on. But I do think he can connect with them and communicate with them um, in in a way that I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I I just, I think it's why you've seen a few guys who I think might've been in the portal right away have given him a chance to kind of lay out his pitch now. They might still be in the portal, but I think you're seeing some guys who want to hear what he has to say. Donna, what do you think? Well, I don't think they're going to play any zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did ask him that at the presser. I have, uh, you know, Adrian and I have talked a number of times, you know, especially when we used to sit, Mike and I used to go to practice. You know, he's a good guy to talk to. He's very engaging. Um, he know, he really knows the game. We've had a lot of in-depth discussions about, about basketball and about certain players in the conference, certain players that they've recruited, certain players on, on their team. I think he really knows the game. And, and I think to re- underline what Mike said, I do think that he is a guy that players respect and he's a guy that um, knows how to talk to players. He knows how to talk to their parents. Um, he knows how to talk to people. He's a good communicator and he's not a... Uh, a big uh, energy, big kind of guy like that. I mean, he's a quiet, I think he does have a quiet kind of confidence and a quiet belief in the things that he does and the things that he can do. And I'm really excited to see what he can do because I, I think that he's a, he's been a very good recruiter and now that he's going to be recruiting for himself instead of for somebody else, that's a completely different ball game. You know, it's a, it's a different way to sort of approach the game. And he is now uh, trying to get players to come and play for him instead of trying to get players to come and play for somebody else. And that's different. And um, I'm interested to see how it goes. Donna, there's a spot open on this coaching staff. There's a lot of names that people are going to speculate about. But I'll tell you this. uh, Vegas has taken the odds off the board to bet on this because it's going to be a former Syracuse player. (laughs) That's a lock. That's Mike shaking his head. No. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I don't. What do you guys think? 
I don't have any grand insight into it, but I would be, I, I think he's going to be really careful about it. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that assistants can do these days. I mean, you, you, lots of people want a guy who has really good analytics skills. Uh, lots of people have got, have take people who know how to coach certain positions or know, or know how to coach offense or know how to coach defense. I think that he's going to be careful about who he gets. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be a Syracuse guy. I'm not saying it won't be, but I'm saying I, I, I agree with Don. I, and you saw me shaking my head earlier. I, I don't know how many former Syracuse players are out there right now who have started their way into the business that are at the right point in their careers to take this job yet. Right. Um, one guy that would come to mind would be Demetrius Nichols, who was a grad assistant here a year ago. He went up to the G League in Toronto. But, man, you know, I don't know. He's never been on the road recruiting. You know, he doesn't have any experience at the high school or AAU levels. Um, and also, once you experience pro ball, the G League and NBA, some guys really like that. They don't want to recruit. They want to coach and only coach. Um, I think you might be looking around at a guy who's at another college somewhere with a background either at the high school or AAU level uh, to help in recruiting. I just – I don't, I don't have a name or anything just yet, working on a few, but I just, it just seems to make sense. I think I see Adrian hiring his version of a Wayne Morgan, a Troy Weaver, you know, somebody along the gyms. Jim didn't always hire former SU guys. When he needed a guy and it was the right fit, he would bring that guy in. It, not to mention that he has a vast array of people that he knows. He, he is very well connected. He knows a lot of people. And um, again, I think he's going to be looking for something specific. What that something specific is, I'm not entirely sure. But I think he's he's got an idea about what what he wants and what kind of element he wants to bring onto his staff. He did say he wants to take his time with that and let it flush out. Great points there about his connections out there. AAU, New York City, Washington, D.C. See, there you go. Never assume anything. That's why I, I talked to you guys about this stuff. All right, here's my final question, and I honestly don't think we can answer it until November, but I'm going to ask it anyway, okay? What is it going to be like for Jim Beheim post-basketball? We've seen some hints. He's going to do some media, right? We'll see pictures of him going to buddies' games and, you know, maybe doing some of the things uh, that he hasn't been able to do due to coaching, and, you know, that'll be great. But, man, I don't think this is really going to hit everybody till that maybe that first exhibition game. And there's Adrian Autry running the show and not Jim Beheim. But what do you think is going to be like for Jim post-coaching and, and how we're going to see him and how much presence he's going to have around the program and, and just in the area? You know, he once told me that he once he retired, he was going to stay away in a sense. He wasn't going to sort of hover, you know. But that was a couple of years ago when we had that conversation. So I'm not sure if he's altered that belief or not or offer that that game plan you know he's got he's got two sons that are, that are playing professional basketball and why wouldn't you go to Prague and spend a couple of weeks and hang out with Jimmy and you know I, I mean I'd go to Prague I've been there it's beautiful um you know I I, I don't know how much of a presence he's going to be I don't know if he's going to be as present as say, say Roy Williams who's at almost every North Carolina game but I don't know if he'll be as absent as Coach K who I think has been to almost no games right Mike um only, only one this year for Coach K and that was when Mike, Mike Gray, Gray and Notre Dame came for their last trip to Cameron. And, of course, yeah. Mike Gray is a former Krzyzewski right. assistant. So Mike showed up for that one. That's it. Yeah, so I, I, I think he's going to be somewhere. I think he's going to hit somewhere in the middle of that. 
Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to be a constant presence, but I don't think he's going to be hands off too, particularly if he's going to be working for the university in, in some kind of fundraising capacity or whatever is the capacity he's going to be. He's going to need to be around the program in a sense. I think if he wants to attend a lot of games or if more than one, like Coach K, maybe we see him uh, not courtside, or, but maybe up in a suite somewhere where he's not as – his reactions aren't being viewed by everybody every time <laughs> – uh, you know, Adrian Autry sends a sub in or pulls a guy out or calls a timeout, um, you know, kind of the same way Jim goes to lacrosse and football games. You know, we always talk about how he goes to all these games, but you don't usually see him on camera much because he stays in the back of that press box or in the back of the athletic director's box. You know, he wants to be there. He wants to watch, but he also likes to stay a little bit out of, out of view. Uh, I think his biggest role will be as an ambassador for the program, a fundraiser, working with projects. I think he'll have an office somewhere up there in the new center, but not in the mellow center basketball area. You know, you got to separate yourself. You got to give Adrian Autry and his new staff a chance to be themselves. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing Jim and Adam Weitzman's uh, courtside seat there behind his. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll agree with you guys there. Well, listen, Mike and Donna, this has been incredible. You have done an amazing job with this. It has uh, been just amazing to see that we're here. We talked about it for so long, and now chronicling the post-Jim Beheim era will commence and, and what Syracuse basketball is going to be. So we're looking forward to reading all about that. There's plenty more to follow here with the transfer portal and recruiting and everything that comes here in the offseason. But uh, on behalf of our readers and our viewers here, just thank you for, for your hard work uh, throughout the season. It's It's been incredible to watch. and. Onward we go. So much more to 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 write about here going forward. Yeah, we, we could we could use a little break. <laughs> <laughs> I can use a day when I'm not calling anybody and just laying on my couch and reading a book or watching something else. You know, yeah. We thank Mike and Donna. We thank you for watching, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I want to thank Brent and Donna for joining me on the podcast today, and thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.